Hello, my friends. D.L. Anderson here. Welcome back to Transformation by Truth podcast as we share the truth concerning these last days and what you must do to save yourself from the violent times that are just ahead. Today's podcast is a word of truth accounting of the end times. The end is coming. The end is near. Today's podcast is entitled End Times 214, Times and Seasons of the Restoration, Part 3. The podcast's objectives are analyze the deaths of the nation of Israel, analyze the driver of the permanent death of the original nation, analyze the prominent curse upon the original nation, and analyze the law concerning the shedding of innocent blood. This lesson contains timelines and other visuals. Therefore, if you are listening to the podcast, I advise you to watch the video version on our website or YouTube or request a PDF of the lesson so you can add the visual effect. Close the door on everlasting life. Now, in the most recent podcast, we established the difference between the original nation of Israel and the spiritual nation. And although it may have felt like we shifted our focus from the time guideline to identifying the players who are front and center in this word of prophecy, I assure you, we are still dealing with the time. Notwithstanding, a key component to understanding the timing of the restoration of the nation of Israel is understanding the evolution of the nation. Here again, it started out as a predominantly physical entity consisting of descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Then, Yahushua Messiah arrived on the scene with the full intent of transforming the original nation into a spiritual kingdom filled with dominion, authority, and power. But alas, this transformation never happened. Here is why. The original nation of Israel rejected the vehicle of this transformation. They rejected Yahushua Messiah. They rejected the light, for they loved darkness because their deeds were evil. Therefore, the original nation was not only spiritually dead, they were unwilling to follow the path of repentance, which leads to life. This is why they did not make the transition into the spiritual nation of Israel. It is also why they were destroyed during the siege of Jerusalem, marking the disastrous end of the original nation, in accordance with the word spoken by Yahushua Messiah, who prophesied concerning this unprecedented violence and great tribulation upon the original people. Now, I submitted the sum of these data points and knowledge to establish a critical connection 
between two of the most important events in the history of the nation of Israel. I ask you to consider them carefully and observe the spiritual thread that follows. The destruction of Jerusalem and the violent end of the original nation of Israel was a direct result of the spiritual death the nation experienced when they crucified Yahushua Messiah. Here we have our first treasure box. This statement is within and of itself a key treasure box. And so if you're keeping a list of the many treasures the Spirit is offering us in this series, I advise you to make sure this one is near the top. To that end, it should not be too difficult to connect these two events, especially if you recall how we've already established the following premise. For every spiritual action, there is a physical reaction. There is a physical consequence. The question you might be asking now is, what was the spiritual action that set the events in motion that led to the destruction of Jerusalem and the physical death of the original nation? The answer, the death of Yahushua Messiah. For although he died a physical death, the nation experienced a spiritual death. Now, it is true that the nation as a whole was spiritually dead prior to Yahushua's death and even prior to his birth. Nevertheless, Elohim was determined to give the original nation a final chance at life through repentance and an entrance being made into a spiritual body. But alas, they would not. They spit on the Father's offer, and in doing so, they enacted the spiritual death warrant upon their souls and closed the door on everlasting life for themselves and for their children. The Impetus for Permanent Death Now, the question many are asking at this time is, was Yahushua's death the primary impetus for the spiritual death of the original nation of Israel? The answer, absolutely. And the word of truth confirms this on multiple occasions. To that end, I will submit two key exhibits and three sub-exhibits proving how the death of Yahushua Messiah was the driver of the destruction of Jerusalem and the impetus for the permanent death of the original nation of Israel. I will begin with Exhibit A, His blood be upon us and upon our children. The original nation of Israel was not only responsible for Yahushua's death, they went further and cursed themselves and their children. Matthew 27, 22 to 26 is reading. Pilate said to them, What then shall I do with Yahushua, who is called Messiah? They all said to him, Let him be crucified. 
And the governor said, Indeed, what evil has he done? And they were crying out all the more, saying, Let him be crucified. And when Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but rather an uproar was starting, he took water and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this righteous one. You shall see to it. And all the people answering said, His blood be upon us and upon our children. Then he released Barabbas to them. But having Yahushua whipped, he delivered him over to be crucified. Here we have the original nation of Israel under the leadership of some of the vilest men the world has ever known, adding insult to injury. Not only did they shed innocent blood, they owned it. In effect, these villains and fools took spiritual responsibility for the death of the only brought forth son of Elohim. This brings us to Exhibit B, the law governing the shedding of innocent blood. The original nation was not only guilty of murder and crucifying Yahushua Messiah, they were guilty of shedding innocent blood. Deuteronomy 19, 8-13 reads, And if Yahuwah your Elohim enlarges your border, then you shall add three more cities for yourself besides these three. So that innocent blood is not shed in the midst of your land, which Yahuwah your Elohim is giving you as an inheritance, or blood guilt shall be upon you. But when anyone hates his neighbor and shall lie and wait for him and rise against him and strike his being so that he dies, then he shall flee to one of these cities. And the elders of his city shall send and bring him from there and give him into the hand of the revenger of blood, and he shall die. Your eye shall not pardon him, but you shall purge the blood of innocent blood from Israel, so that it might be well with you. Now, there are many powerful takeaways from this law, explicitly when we apply it to the death of Yahushua Messiah. For the sake of time, I will only address three, and I will offer them as sub-exhibits. First and foremost, this law concerning the city of refuge could not apply to the original nation of Israel. Specifically, it cannot apply to those who crucified our beloved Savior. Here is why. The death of Yahushua was no accident. It was premeditated murder. For the scriptures reveal that the leaders of the original nation had been seeking to kill him for years. And the only reason they did not succeed is because it was not yet his time. For that reason, they could not use this law in their defense. There was no city of refuge, no place of spiritual sanctuary 
for these murderers to flee. This is sub-exhibit one. This brings us to sub-exhibit B. That is, in accordance with this law, the guilty party was to be given into the hand of the revenger of blood. Here lies the inflection in one of the most critical interest points in this series. I trust you consider it carefully. In accordance with this law, the avenger of blood was the nearest relative of the deceased, which in the case of Yahushua Messiah would be Yahuwah Elohim. This reality is borne out by several parables found within the gospel. Explicitly, the parable of the wedding feast found in Matthew 22, in which Yahushua foretells the destruction of Jerusalem, and the parable of the tenants found in Matthew 21, in which Yahushua prophesies concerning his death. In each and every instance, the word of truth confirms Elohim is the avenger of blood as it pertains to Yahushua Messiah. As such, I ask, how well do you think the villains and fiends who crucified our Savior would fare when the time came for Elohim to avenge the innocent blood of his only brought forth son? Very needless to say, they would not fare well at all, and they didn't. Remember, the original nation was annihilated during the siege of Jerusalem in 70 CE. They were destroyed, and they have ceased to be a nation in accordance with Daniel's 70 weeks prophecy, which we will thoroughly address in future podcasts. What you need to know at this time is sure. Elohim was the avenger of blood as it pertains to the unlawful death of Yahushua Messiah and the shedding of his innocent blood. And he executed judgment at the hands of the Roman Empire, expelling the original nation from the land of Israel unto this day. This speaks to sub-exhibit three. That is, the land of Israel was purged of Yahushua's innocent blood in accordance with the law. Since then, Jerusalem has been trodden down by the Gentiles and will continue to be trodden down until the fourth season in these last days. These things being what they are, it is clear that Yahushua's death was the primary driver of the spiritual and permanent death of the original nation of Israel. Therefore, when I make reference to Israel, I am referencing the spiritual nation. To wit, the first season in these last days is the restoration of a spiritual nation that was born on the day of Pentecost. And yet, it has been largely underground for the full duration of the times of the Gentiles. And this too was prophesied. 
Likewise, as we continue this discussion concerning the timing of the restoration of the nation, let us be very clear. We are talking about a spiritual nation of many peoples, backgrounds, and tongues, many of whom were once far off, and yet now, in these last days, have drawn near. Now, here is the final word. In every lot of those punished is a crowd weeping as they say, we did this to ourselves. Such is the fate of the original nation of Israel. They failed Elohim in the worst way, and they were punished accordingly for their sin. Nevertheless, their failure opened the door for the birth of a new nation, a spiritual nation, a set-apart nation that would bring forth good fruit. This is the essence of Israel, who although new, is connected to that which was before. For we too have power with Elohim, and by his power we have been restored. Amen and hallelujah. Now, here is what's next. We completed today's podcast, End Times 214, Times and Seasons of the Restoration, Part 3. And the next podcast is entitled, End Times 216, Times and Seasons of the Restoration, Part 4. I will post this podcast on Monday, September 11th, 2023. Until then, my friends, continue to be led by the spirit of Elohim, continue to watch, continue to pray, continue in fasting, and most of all, continue to be focused, for the end is coming, the end is near. <laughs>